Hello, good people of the internet. Yes, hello. Welcome to the GG cast, episode 19, Who Touched My Claptrap? As always. Oh, do you have something to, to add about your claptrap? I was just going to say, that sounds like a terrible, terrible case of something you should see a doctor for. Yeah, I picked it up in Belize on vacation. As always, I am your host, Brian, here with my best buddy, Jason. How you doing, Jason? I'm doing good. I'm drinking a, a little uh, cider and some Fireball. We're talking about video games and uh, just all around having a good time. So all the best things in life coming together. Convergence. That's pretty much true. That's and we're going to be talking true. about uh, touching your claptrap, your third favorite we're, thing. We're, we're going to talk about, yep, touching my claptrap. <laughs> After been, we get through some other stuff. I'm, I've been good. Yeah, I know. We're jumping ahead here a little bit. This is this is going to be a disorganized podcast because I am letting Jason basically run it, but I'm going to pretend to host through all of it. You're doing a good job of hosting so far. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thank you. I got the text message that says, hey, I've been busy. You got this tonight. I'll be on to host. All right. Sounds good. So we got to figure it out, though. We'll figure it out. No, I've been good. I, uh, I had a good chance to play some video games this week, which is, uh, has always has always been fun. Uh, you know, I've been trying to practice a little bit on that Apex world uh, just because I got the tournament coming up in a week and a half now. I've also been practicing in some Overwatch, finding I'm really enjoying Baptiste. Uh, he's fun to play. It, uh, there's nothing more fulfilling than seeing like one of those junk rat tires come flying at you and you drop his immortality field and it goes off and just everybody's like, oh, I'm good. Don't worry about me. I'm fine. Oh, I you thought know? you were going to say that you see the tire coming. So you crouch and then you do a little like froggy leap over the top of it or something. <laughs> jump in the air far enough that it doesn't hit me that'd be yeah, awesome i don't think to me that, that though yeah to me that'd be more impressive but i think that stupid junk rat tire they now have it where if you're anywhere in like a five mile radius it kills you instantly yeah so i'm enjoying baptiste other than that uh i obviously did our mythic monday we hit up a uh, a plus 10 king's rest this week which was uh fun to say the least brian ditched us because he had real life work to do uh adulting um, adulting, adulting. Called. As they say, yeah, but uh, but it was a good time. I got it. But you guys four, you formanned it, and that's super impressive. No, we didn't formand it. We brought in Squick. You replaced me. We well, kind of. I mean, Jameson tanked, so that's kind of a replacement. You horrible, horrible people. Serious. But it was a good time. I got I got some pants upgrades. I got a, a nine kings rest as my key for this week, so uh, I think we're good to go on that. So you do it all over again next week, then. Yep. How about for you? Did you play any video games called work this week or just work? <laughs> uh, actually, I did get in a little bit of stuff. Um, this last weekend, I did find a little bit of free time to play some Overwatch with you guys. I We should mention, we, we played, so for anybody that is taking part in this Gaming for Hope tournament, we played with five of our six people, uh, picking up just randos in there to fill out the team, and we kicked ass, buddy. We did really we did. well. We did. We actually, uh, I was surprised with how well we did, actually. Yeah, uh, like we actually had some strategies going on. Uh, we won some good games. A uh, couple that were nice close games where we we eked it out, and a couple others where we just absolutely rolled them. So uh, that that was a good time. We made Looking... some smart smart switches, which was yeah. good. I was proud to see that too. So yeah, it was that was that was a good time. Um, so I got that in, and I've been working away at Final Fantasy VII on my commute a little bit more, uh, just kind of plinking away at that. Uh, and then I signed up for. A free week and a half, or whatever they're giving away, of Xbox Game Pass. Because I was just looking for something to goof around with. And uh, you and I subscribed to this thing like a year ago when they came out with that pirate game. 
Oh God! Don't don't bring it up. What was that pirate game called? Uh, Captain Mix sucks a lot. I don't think it was Captain Mix sucks a lot, but uh, it did sure suck. And Baby Quest. Oh no, that's a different game. Um. <laughs> no, no, you're thinking of the cat porn game again. Yep. God, what was it called? <laughs> Uh, sea of Thieves is what it was. Sea of Thieves, that's what it is. I like, I like making you come up with all of what you would have called the pirate game. <laughs> um, no, so we, we signed up for like that free week back when Sea of Thieves came out, or the free month when Sea of Thieves came out, and used it for all of like three hours until we realized that wasn't going to happen. Uh, but I've been really intrigued by it because they actually are kind of putting out some good stuff on it. Uh, so I spent a couple hours playing some Forza Horizon 4, uh, the most yep. recent, recent of those. Uh, and you know what? I, I think that they might end up eventually getting me as a subscriber because I was talking to my wife and, you know, right now you sign up, you get a couple weeks free or whatever. And then they're doing uh, three months for like a buck right now just to get people in there. Uh, and obviously they want to get you that first taste and then you they hook you for 10 bucks a month. Uh, but I was telling her, it's the problem is there are a lot of games like Forza that I love getting into. And I, I really have this like this fascination with driving games i love cars um i have a lot of fond memories of playing racing games back in older systems and the forza games are always fantastic for about 10 or 15 hours for me and then it kind of you know wears and i'm done with it and, and the problem is picking that up for 60 bucks for 10 hours of kind of driving my little car around through the countryside isn't worth it but if i can pay ten dollars a month and get my fill of that and then jump over and play some devil may cry and then jump over and play something else and something else and something else, that might actually kind of uh, scratch that itch. Uh, and really, the biggest reason for this is because Humble really kind of sucked for us this month. And uh, there's nothing in there that I really want to play. <laughs> so Yeah, Humble was a rough rough month for us. It wasn't, uh, I mean, our well, the big game was Assassin's Creed Origins. Which is a great uh, game, but both of us had already played it and beat it a year ago. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic game. Um, I will say any of the Assassin's Creed games. This is I don't say this often because I'm a hardcore PC gamer. Any of the Assassin's Creed games, I'd rather play with a controller sitting on my couch with a beer in my hand. You know what sure. I mean? Like I, I don't I don't want to do I don't want to keyboard and mouse it. It doesn't need keyboard and mouse. The controls are the controls, right? So sure. I've never I don't say that often, but those are that's one of those games. Sure. Uh, other than that, the games they released after that were just kind of like. I showed no interest in I, even even like I love just hopping into random indie games like, y- you know, uh, yeah. Full metal, so full metal for, furries for anybody who is uh, yeah, don't, we can't forget about the cat dating game and full metal furries. But uh, for anybody that is uh, watching live in Twitch, if you would like to play Wander Song, Finding Paradise, Monster Prom, the Down Journey Chapter Three, not one and two, if those even exist, uh, do not feed the monkeys or I'm not a monster. Let us know, because uh, we can get you at least one, if not two, keys to all of those games right now. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, um, it, it was a little rough this week. It was, no, it was, a, it was a rough one, but, you know, it's that's what you get. So, did you hear that they're taking the Xbox Live, and they're bundling it now with Game Pass? So, if you want to have Xbox Live, you have to have Game Pass. If you want to have Game Pass, you have to have Xbox Live. Wait, there. So I was under the impression that they were offering it as a bundle for a reduced price. I didn't know that they were making it mandatory to do both. Yep. So going forward, if you buy Xbox Live, you will get Game Pass, but they're increasing the cost of Xbox Live. See, now that sucks though, because I don't care about Xbox Live, but I like what I saw from Game Pass. Like, I would happily subscribe to this game library without ever having to see another human playing that system. Hmm. 
I completely agree with you. So that's kind of the crappy part that I was like, uh, now I already subscribed to live because my kids play uh, Fork Knife or whatever that stupid game is. Um, so in order to do that, they have to have live. So it's kind of for me, it's like a perk because I don't I don't have Game Pass right now, but I do have sure. live. So I would get Game Pass with my live going forward. Um, but it's kind of a cool idea, I guess. Cool. Well, I can kill your son in Overwatch, I guess, then or something like that. You probably could. I, I guarantee controller. you. Could. I uh, I would never get on Overwatch on the Xbox ever. So yeah, that. Uh, so that's that what we've been week. playing. Yeah. Uh, it was good times. Let's jump into a little bit of news here. It looks like uh, it looks like you got some fun stuff in here. I'm excited for this. Tell me what's going a... on in the in the world of video games, buddy. I've, I've been uh... working and no fun. So just tell uh... me what's up. I have a lot of good news this week. I'm excited about it. No, so actually, first... this all looks like bad news. You don't have any good news in here whatsoever. No, it's fun news, though. No, no good news, but fun news. Uh, so first and foremost, Sonic the Hedgehog. So did you see the new trailer that came out? I did see the new trailer. This looks okay. fantastic. So first and foremost, Gangster's Paradise? Yeah, I mean, this is... No, man, this is like a throwback to the on. 90s. This is everything, everything that you loved in the 90s. Gangster's Paradise Any... and Sonic the Hedgehog. Anyway, Sonic the Hedgehog looks like a mutated uh, Oompa Loompa. He's got uh, human teeth. He's got why human teeth. Why did they teeth? give it just normal human teeth? It's messed up, right? So, um, there's been a lot, a lot. Oh my god, I can't even explain how much backlash there's been out on Twitter, out on Reddit, about the Sonic model, the CGI Sonic model. Sure. Um, and for good reason. It looks like a uh, a handicapped kid who tripped in a bucket of blue paint. So, um, I, I get it. I mean, uh, look, let's be honest. He's a little too sexy. It's a little he's... too racy. It's a little too sexy. And <laughs> there's no way that this is going to be rated something that you can bring your kids to. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Uh, anyway, the uh, director has come out and said they're going to completely rework Sonic CGI before the movie launches. So, Right now, they're committing to zero delays. They're going to get it done by November. Um, how that's going to happen, I have <laughs> well, no idea. I mean, so you saw you saw this trailer. They're just going to stretch out that really bad Jim Carrey, like, eh, 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 sort of bullshit <laughs> for, like, an extra 45 minutes. That's probably true. But I will say. It's going to be horrible. I actually kind of like Jim Carrey as Dr. Robotnik. He does a good job. You know, it's... It's Jim Carrey playing silly Jim Carrey, which is fine. Uh, you know, that's, yep. we've got Ace Ventura now meets Sonic the Hedgehog, uh, which is the Jim Carrey that you want for this movie, right? You know, we don't need Eternal Sunshine version of Jim Carrey being all dramatic and everything as Sonic goes racing by. Um, the problem is, I don't know who this movie is for. You, you have children. My kid's too young. You have to, do your kids even know who Sonic is? Like, is Sonic a thing that kids care about? No. So, and that's actually that's been a lot of the gripe between some of the because there's our generation that knows the old fat, short, stubby legged Sonic the Hedgehog that's an actual hedgehog rolls into a ball and goes fast, right? Sure. And then there's the new generation that knows the cartoon Sonic the Hedgehog, who's taller, skinnier, lankier. Uh, sexier, as you called it out, who has all these stupid catchphrases like must go fast and all sure. that other crap, right? So they built the movie off of the new model 
So if you actually, if you look at the new model and you look at the CGI, they look really good. Okay. But all these '90s kids who played actual Sonic the Hedgehog are like, "That's not effing Sonic the Hedgehog." So the, so the, the younger kids actually are probably looking at this, wondering what any sort of controversy is, because this looks like the Sonic they know. Totally. Unfortunately, none of the younger kids are on Twitter and have any sort of angry nerd in them that wants to bitch at a director. So, <laughs> sure. So anyway, Sonic's getting a rework. Uh, Jim Carrey is Dr. Robotnik. I did love the end scene in the trailer where it cuts to, like, you start and Jim Carrey's this polished, like, suit and tie, you know, black comb over. And then the end scene, he's the bald with the hair coming out the side and the steampunk he's goggles. Got the, yep, like, he's got yes, the goggles on. Yeah, That's Dr. Robotnik right there. So I'm excited for that. We'll go see it. We'll, we'll go see it. Um, if nothing else, just because I'm kind of a masochist and want to punish myself all i'm saying is if we're gonna go see it i'm flying to dc we're gonna find a pedro's mexican restaurant we're drinking an entire pitcher of pitcheritas and then we're gonna go see it just like and we did talladega nights that sounds like something we shouldn't do in our mid-30s now but i'm in we'll, we'll do it <laughs> hey it made talladega nights such a better movie that's all i'm saying fair enough man all right what's next on the news here we got Elder Scrolls. Uh, probably, I think, episode two or three, we talked about an Elder Scrolls tabletop game that was coming out. We were super sure. psyched about it. Yeah, this, this looks good. It did. And, and by looked good, I mean they really hadn't released a whole lot on it. But right. from the sounds of what they were trying to do, yeah. The thoughts of it sounded great, right? Unfortunately, it uh, sounds like they thought it was really good too, except for they thought D&D was really good and they were just going to use most of the D&D stuff. And then put Elder Scrolls on top of it. So basically a reskin D&D. Uh, so this would be a reskinning of the D&D board game. Correct. So Legend of Drist and there's a couple of the, the board game versions, adaptations of it. Okay. Right. And so unfortunately enough for them, the folks at D&D weren't so happy and filed a plagiarism claim. And now magically Elder Scrolls said, oh, we're not making that tabletop game anymore. So, sounds like they just plagiarized D&D. They actually didn't have a whole lot of game to go with. Either that or they would have probably pushed back a little bit. Well, um, but, but that's I mean, kind of unfortunate. Let's be, let's be realistic here. Pretty much all board games are just different iterations of Monopoly. So, on some level, I mean, there's nothing new in the world, right? Everything's been done before. Yeah, and that's kind of like that's kind of my take on it, too. Like, I, Part of me feels bad for the Elder Scrolls team, just in the general. Like, you're going to make a tabletop rpg game about dragons and it's gonna sound a lot like D D. that's a sure. thing like I mean, that's just life you know what i mean so um i don't know i i'm sure that there were definitely parts uh, I, again we don't have the details on the plagiarism claim there were probably like word for word pieces out of the dungeon master guide or something that were <laughs> sure. over. i have no idea um but it seems like it was found in enough in evidence that elder scroll said oh by the way we're not doing it anymore so. I'm. I would be curious to find out, and I'm sure none of it's really going to ever get out there because who really was that invested in this? That you're going to get some sort of leaks on what this lawsuit was or whatever the cease and desist order type thing was. Uh, I would be curious though because there are a lot of other games out there in the tabletop realm that pretty well copy what they did in those D and D board games. So if this is something like you said where they're copying almost straight from the Monster Manual, I would be surprised because they have their own kind of lore to build off of and there's different critters and everything that run around throughout the elder scrolls world 
Uh, and if it's something that was more related to the board games, there are other board games that are very similar to that. Uh, did you ever play, well, I guess, have you ever played any of the D&D board games? Yeah, I actually have D&D Legend of Drist in my okay. closet. I've played it a uh, times. How about uh, Mice, and Mis- Mice and Mystics? I've never okay. played that one. It's it's uh, basically the exact same thing, but a little bit more lighthearted, geared for kind of a younger gamer, maybe. Um but it's really, really similar. Like, you would not be... If you looked at the two of them and thought that it was the exact same company that made it and it was, you know, licensed by D&D or something like that, I could see why you would think that way. So sure. I, I would be curious to find out what exactly Wizards of the Coast was trying to ding them on on it, since I feel like D&D is pretty much now ripe for the picking when it comes to stuff in pop culture. And I appreciate you calling out Wizards of the Coast because this entire like three and a half minutes I met, I've been, I'm like, it's Wizards, right? Wizards does D&D. <laughs> Why am I not? Th- I think it's Wizards. And then, so you called it. I'm like, okay, good. I'm justified. It was Wizards. Sure, I still sure. want to say it. So yeah, Elder Scrolls tabletop, at least on hold, if not dead in the water. All right. Well, hopefully they'll come back with a unique new creative twist on it and we can get a board game out of them. Speaking of dead in the water the community as a whole as well as uh some relatively important people at ea uh are considering anthem a dead classic game as of this last week came out three and a half months Wait, ago. An- yeah anthem the the game that is three months old yes and they're already considering a dead game which is super sad because i'm sure we've talked about this multiple times in the podcast but you and i were both pretty hype about anthem thought it was yeah this was i think this won awards from both of us last year or at least one of us for the most hype game of the year yeah we were looking forward to it for sure and unfortunately uh we were wrong (laughs) um it did not turn out so hot so uh it sounds like ea is pretty much putting the game at least they haven't come out publicly and said it sure there's some rumors around the office um, that are sneaking their way out on the internets that they're pretty much putting the game on life support and they'll figure out what to go, where to go from there. So, okay, so that's what I was going to ask, though. Like, what does this mean? If they're starting to say that this is a dead game now, does that mean that there is, you know, the content that was maybe already in the pipeline will come out, but that's it then? Or, uh, so, I guess, if you remember, uh, a year and a half ago-ish, when uh, Mass Effect Andromeda came out and then was a complete bust, right. uh bioware had a bunch of plans for dlc and everything for that story um as well as fixes to the game and when it was decided that that game was pretty much just a dead game they scrapped everything and so people that actually enjoyed the game or were looking for conclusion of storylines and that sort of thing um, or had game breaking bugs were pretty much just left you know in a lurch so is that the same sort of idea of what they're planning on doing with this thing now yeah you know i honestly have again this is all unfortunately rumor mill to an extent a lot of reddit news current state um but uh it's it sounds like it's kind of up in the air right now where they're going to go forward with it if they're going to jump into you know some sort of um kind of like a a hold status and not do any more development but just kind of fix some bugs and keep it maintained or if they're going to continue to push out some of the content they had promised and leave it there i don't know okay so interesting uh well sorry for everybody that actually really is enjoying anthem and i know those people are out there uh hopefully this is something where they look at it and they pull a destiny where they sit down they restructure and they come back with stuff like taking king which were fantastic fantastic additions to the game uh and not the other side of it where they scrap it and pretend that it never happened right right uh missouri 
Missouri is my least favorite state as of today, um, mainly because they elected a senator who somehow feels like um, video games are causing children to be addicted to gambling. Um, so Josh Hawley is the senator out in Missouri who feels that uh, video games are siphoning our kids' intelligence and causing them to be addicted to gambling because of loot boxes. True. Now, I don't know about you. Maybe it's just because I'm an adult and I don't have a child brain. Maybe that's what he's trying to get at. Sure. But uh, I played video games for the last 10 years that have loot boxes in them. You don't see me spending my life savings at the casino right now. You don't see me spending my life savings on loot boxes. Like, and, and, and you know, I, I like there's pieces. So, for example, it, it's not even just loot boxes, right? So there's a new article out that I just read the other day that, um, you know, Fortnite, free-to-play game, but kids are being bullied into spending money for skins and because, oh, you don't have this new dance? What a dork, right? Sure. That's not the game's fault. That's society's fault, first and foremost, right? But that's not a loot box problem. That's a microtransaction problem, and that's not going away. Like, they're not banning microtransactions. They're banning the $5 spent on a loot box for a chance to get a well, sweet legendary Sure, and, and the problem with something like that is that in most of these games, pretty much everything that has loot boxes that are the big popular games, you can still earn loot boxes without putting actual money in. So the idea of, oh, you don't have that skin, you must be poor or something like that, you know, you can also just, you don't have that skin because you have really bad luck. Yeah, and I uh, actually, as a gamer, I like the loot box system as compared to, like, I freaking hate game currency. Like, sure. Apex Legends right now. I hate dropping 25 bucks for 2,500 coins so I can buy three skins that I want. Like, that's sure. stupid to me. Let me grind out some whatever and then give me coins in those boxes or whatever just like overwatch does but i don't know so anyway so i've got i've got a couple thoughts on this um i think outright banning them is silly because it's not necessarily going to help things it's going to still exist out there um i do think there are some ways that they can make loot boxes better though um i like the i like areas uh countries and regions that have mandated that you have to publish the odds of items appearing in the loot boxes right we have this when sure. you do any sort of scratch offs or lotteries and stuff like that they have to publish you know what are the actual odds of you getting these legendary items in there is there one of them that they're ever going to make or is this you know one of every thousand you know what exactly are we looking at um so i like that a lot the other side of it that i will say is although i do like loot boxes there is something that can be incredibly disappointing in something like overwatch of you know grinding out grinding out grinding out you get a loot box it's a bunch of crappy sprays all right that's fine you play another hour or two you get another loot box a bunch of crappy sprays play another hour get another loot box a bunch of crappy sprays um and i think that there's maybe ways that they can kind of tweak that right maybe they make it so that you are a little bit more guaranteed to get a skin or a cool emote or something like that in loot boxes maybe they tie some of those things to achievements instead of just the randomness of a loot box uh, and Overwatch does that a tiny bit, right? So Overwatch does give cool sprays that actually I think are some of their better sprays that they have in the game by you having to do something neat with a character. And if you do this sort of thing, then you get a cool chibi spray for, for a character. Right, right. That's my feeling on loot boxes. So, Missouri Senator, you suck. It'll, you know uh, what, buddy? It'll be a cold day in hell before I recognize Missouri. Yeah, right. Missouri. I'm gonna. I'm still calling it Missouri. 
Misery. Misery? That's good. That's good. I bet they've never heard that. Take that, Missouri. Misery. Anyway, last piece of yeah, news speaking, that I Speaking talk about. of misery, what else do you got for us? I'm going to talk about who touched my claptrap. So, <laughs> oh, man. Hopefully nobody. But uh, Well, it sounds like somebody touched my claptrap. Uh, and unfortunately, it sounds like it was Randy Pitchford. Randy. Yeah, for anybody who doesn't know Randy, Randy Pitchford is the CEO of Gearbox Games. Uh, Gearbox Games brought out Borderlands 1, 2, and now 3. Sure. And uh, for anybody who watched the most recent content that came out for Borderlands 3, which I am incredibly excited about, mind you, um, may have noticed that though Claptrap was his same witty, happy self, he wasn't dabbing. the same. Yeah, he's dabbing up a storm. He's flossing. Yep, he wasn't the same, same witty, happy self. So the original voice actor uh, for Claptrap uh, decided to stir up a little bit of drama this week, it sounds like. And uh, Randy Pitchford, being the six-year-old pre-adolescent teenage boy that he is, felt the need to uh, feed said drama, uh, causing even more problems. So as the story goes... Uh, there's been some uproar about the fact that they replaced the voice actor for Claptrap. Sure. Which is is valuable. I mean, the, the original voice actor for Claptrap, unfortunately, I cannot for the life of me remember his name, uh, but uh, was an awesome dude, a great voice actor, uh, still is a fantastic, super popular voice actor, um, and uh, was not brought back to do said voice. Um, and it sounds like it wasn't necessarily communicated that he wouldn't be brought back to do said voice i think he thought he was going to do it right up until the point they released the game and he wasn't anywhere in it sure um so 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 here's the thing with it uh the guy's name is uh david eddings um and there was there was like this weird trickle of stupidity coming out about this so he accused gearbox basically of saying that they underpaid him previously or didn't pay him uh, on the previous voice acting that he did. Uh, yeah. And then they basically kind of lowballed him or even, you know, basically offered, you know, hey, yeah, you can come back and do Claptrap or we're not going to give you money for it type thing. Uh, and Gearbox tried to come back and say that, yeah, you know, there was a contract negotiation dispute and whatever. And then, of course, Randy has to get out there and be just a complete and utter jackass. Um, so, all right. So what's the latest on this then? So basically what happened, the latest twitter argument that's going back and forth current state is uh randy came out kind of slandered him a little bit drug him said he uh was greedy he was bitter um didn't want to do it uh sick and tired of working for gearbox and just wasn't an option so then he came back and said uh actually no that's not at all the case i love the borderlands franchise i love the fans and i would actually offered to do it for free uh i offered to come back and do the voice for free however i wanted an apology for something uh which we won't talk about and i just wanted my back pay that was guaranteed for me based on the success of borderlands 2 because apparently gearbox says you're gonna work for less now but if the game's successful you're a profit share right and they never paid out profit share on borderlands 2 according to this dude right okay so that's what he asked for and that's when randy came out and said we paid him handsomely blah 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 yada 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 and then this dude goes, yeah, all right, so let's talk about this. Turns out the thing I wanted an apology for is Randy Pitchford physically beat me up at GDC 2013. <laughs> so I was physically assaulted by Randy Pitchford 
at 23rd GDC 2013, which is I request an apology for, and I just wanted back pay, and I was going to do it for free. And that's and that's where the fight has ended. Gearbox came out and said, we are absolutely looking into these accusations. Uh, as of right now, we have no comment. Um, you know, every employee that worked on Borderlands 2 did see a profit share. Unfortunately, Dave left before the profit share was dispersed, okay. so he didn't get blah, 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 sure, blah. Sure, right? sure, sure. So they kind of tried to cover their tracks. Um, but it was kind of funny to see, like, Randy Pitchford out there just tweeting up a storm like Donald Trump every 30 seconds uh, when things were going well. And as soon as someone said physical assault, <laughs> radio, radio, silence, just on radio silence on it. Yeah, he I wasn't, just, wasn't having any of that. So, um, And, I mean, we, we it should be clear. So Randy Pitchford is one of the founders of the studio, and that is the only damn reason this guy is around, right? Like, I mean, Oh, my God. Like, can you imagine being – well, so, so here's the problem, right? I was going to say, can you imagine being PR for Gearbox right now? Absolutely uh, not. But even beyond that, though, can you imagine being one of the developers? Like, what is it like to work for a company that you really believe in and you have been pouring everything into this game because they're non-union? So if you listened to last week where we talked about how horrible the working conditions are, I don't know necessarily about Gearbox, but I'm imagining it sucks um since everything in the video game industry sucks but you're pouring everything into this game and there is some really good publicity that's been coming out in this and you have this big media event where you've got streamers out there and you've got you know people really talking a lot of hype about this game and then fucking randy gets out there and just ruins all of it yeah randy damn it randy is like uh, the dude has a corn dog for a brain i mean i i don't know man he just Anyway, that's that's between USB that's drives who... of magic porn and assaulting various employees. Uh, yeah. this guy is he needs some sort of intervention. Yeah, he's 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 in trouble. So, so that's our news for the week. Randy Pitchford, so you guys know, is the gentleman who touched my claptrap, just in case you wanted to know. So, uh, a couple recaps from the Twitter feed or the Twitch field. Um, you know, we had some folks who said that, uh, they love the old silly Jim. They're excited to see him back in, uh, in Sonic. Uh, a few who said that, uh, the color matching of our outfits is pretty on point today. So thank you for noticing. Thank you for noticing. We did call that out before we started the podcast. So thanks for noticing. Um, and tune in next week for, uh, the 20th episode where we both go topless. Ooh, that's how you get those Twitch viewers. That's true. And then, yeah, basically three-year-old nephews are the only ones that actually know about the new Sonic. So, sure. yeah, that's pretty much the, the Twitch Twitch world news on that. We've nailed the demographic. We have. So, Brian, I came up with a topic this week. And no, it's not about touching my claptrap. Though I guarantee you, for certain reasons, Borderlands 3 will face this problem. Uh, I wanted to talk about the review, review culture in video games today. So... Um, I'm going to start off by just talking about, so right now there's a number of different places to get video game reviews. You can get them on Steam, you can get them on Metacritic, you can get them on IGN, you can get them on PC Gamer, all kinds of places where you can get video game reviews. And the GG there's two cast. GG cast, yeah, we do video game reviews, absolutely, right? So there's two different... When you, when you are looking for a professional review, you know the guys to come to. Exactly, and, and that's what I was going to get at. There's two different types of reviews that are out there, right? There's reviews like IGN and reviews like PC Gamer and reviews where those are or NGGCast, right? Where those are professional 
quality reviews. These guys have taken their time. They're biased or they're unbiased. They're just talking sure. about the quality of the game. And then there's places like Meta Garbage. I mean, Metacritic, um, in Steam, where these reviews are solicited by gamers. Okay, which in its own right sounds fantastic. Because sure. I'm a gamer and I absolutely love giving my opinion on video games. Where I feel like it becomes a problem is especially in the recent recent days, recent months, recent weeks, which is when people start doing the review bomb culture. And this drives me nuts, right? You have games like, uh, for example, um, what's what's a recent one? Uh, Metro Exodus. That's I couldn't think of it. With. Metro sure. Exodus, which is, has sold a crapload of copies. Yeah, we talked probably, about this last week. It's outsold everything else that they put out combined already. and Right. Three times what they were expecting for sales or something crazy like that. Yeah, sold a crapload of copies. Probably going to win a couple gaming awards this year just from a graphic experience, gameplay experience, all that other stuff. And it's on Steam, if you look at it, it's got the worst review you can possibly think of, right? It's like a negative six. It's just <laughs> terrible, right? Sure. And it's it's all because... Overwhelmingly negative. Right. It's all because of this culture of... And I, I feel like Epic's creating some of this divide in general, but this culture of, well, I can't get it on my platform, so I'm just going to go make some garbage review about it uh, because I don't want to have to deal with it, right? Sure. And so now that I'm kind of struggling with, how do you feel about platforms that allow you to review games versus platforms like Epic that don't allow it because they have no good way to combat review bombs, right? I, I, I'm just trying to understand, like, what's valuable? Is there a valuable sure. place for me to get reviews that's not professionally catered? You know? So I think there is absolutely value in hearing what the average gamer thinks about a game. Um because what the average gamer thinks about a game might be vastly different from what reviewers think about games. Uh, I would like to think that a lot of the professional video game reviewers out there do a good job of trying to pull their own personal biases out of it. I think that a lot of uh, these bigger companies do a good job of trying to match up reviewers with the style of game, right? Like, you know, this is something that you see a lot in movies, in film critics, where you will get these reviewers that maybe are looking for something out of a movie that they don't see in a genre and they automatically tank it a little bit um i love horror movies and you almost never see a horror movie get a good review because they're not necessarily artistic and they're not going to be you know winning all of these different awards but that's not really what they're going for right you know, you're, you're not going to try to win some sort of cg awards and everything like that cgi awards for a lot of these horror movies, these kitschy little horror movies, but for what they are, they can be fantastic. And I think video games have the same sort of issue, right? So the key there is making sure that we match up the reviewers and their expectations with the game and making sure that that is clear to the gamers. Okay, at the same time, I think that there are always going to be types of games that maybe catch some sort of popular streak or maybe it's something that really appealed to a subset of gamers that is not going to be reflected by those professional reviewers. And I think that's where you can see some value potentially from the actual video game players getting out there and reviewing shit. Um, the problem with it is the way that it ends up being curated. Uh, so let's throw this back to you. When you look at something on Amazon, right, do you ever look at the reviews? Uh, I do. Actually, I look at them. Now, if it's a product that I'm used to buying, right? If it's something like 
like in trash bags or whatever. Sure. No, I don't like the reviews. I don't care about if the trash bag has a elastic strap or a rubber strap. Or, but if it's something where I'm trying to do a little bit of research, yeah, I'll absolutely read the reviews. All right. And so when you look at those reviews, what exactly are you looking at? Are you looking at your average review score? Do you actually look at individual reviews? Uh, I I look at primarily I'll look at like the one star reviews, which is actually kind of funny. I want to know what people had to bitch about. Sure. I want to know what the worst part about that stupid trash bag ripped out of the bottom 35 times. And I see that review like 18 times. I'm like, I'm not buying that trash bag. Right. But see, but that's the problem though, because when you look at those, those one star reviews are not going to be these trash bags fell apart and they ripped out, you know, the bottoms on them or whatever. It's going to be, Oh, Amazon said it was going to be two day shipping, but it was three day shipping, right? Stuff that has nothing to do with the product or, Oh, this is a cheap knockoff or, you know, I used it wrong and my dachshund suffocated and, you know, these are the sort of things that you end up getting in the one-star reviews. So what you do is you go and you look at the two-star reviews because the two-star reviews tend to be the, the people that are reasoned in it, right? This product did not meet my expectations. It had this problem, this problem, this problem. But you know what? It kind of held some trash. Two stars out of five, right? And that's like what it. I want out of video games too, right? I want user reviews where I can look at it and I can see, okay, not the people that just gave it a five-star and no comments on it, just, you know, best game ever played, whatever. Or the alternative where it's the worst game ever played i want to see the fours and the twos right if this game has a 4.3 out of 5 star average and most of the four star reviews are saying this is great and this is great and this is great but the music's repetitive then i can say okay this is great and i will just listen to a podcast in the background while i play this game and i don't have to worry about it but if they say you know this is great and this is great and this is great and it has a lot of promise but the second half of the game doesn't exist yet and we have to hope that the devs actually get around to making it you know, like, there, there's nuance in that that you miss when you just see a number and nothing behind it. Sure, sure. So how do you feel like we would combat, or how do you feel like gaming companies or review companies should combat the um, culture of review bombing, right? So the, the problem is it, my mentality, and I don't think mine's necessarily that far off from most of I actually like your fours and twos. I think that's a great idea, and I'll probably switch to that, but I would imagine... Most people want to know, show me the person that was the most pissed off. I want to see what they didn't like about sure. it. Sure. Right? So how do we shift game reviews or shift that mentality or shift that environment so that... Because review bombs are literally thousands of one-star sure. reviews about, these effers didn't give me the ability to buy it on Steam. F them. The game sucks. Never ever played it. Sure. Well, so, so here's a couple things on it. Um, on a platform like Steam, there is a very simple solution to making sure, at least maybe not solution, but something that would help, which would be making sure that you have kind of the validated purchase type thing on it, right? When you sure. go on Amazon, you can see people that Amazon says, yes, they bought it from us. We know for sure that they purchased this product and they are not just writing a review on it. So it's yep. incredibly easy for Steam to do something like that, where the reviews actually only are tabulated, or maybe the users can go in and they can choose if they want to see all reviews or only reviews of verified purchasers. That helps sure. cut down on a lot of the review bombing. Um, the other thing that I know they've played around with is when it seems like there is now some review bombing going on, they'll disable reviews or they'll eliminate reviews that happened in that, that time period. Um, I personally do not like that. Because the problem is that you or I or anybody else that's legitimately trying to review or negatively review a game during that same window when all of this news is coming out and when there are, you know, the, the release of a game where stuff might be happening with review bombing and you want to make sure that you get your opinion out there on it, 
you know, saying that, no, okay, we're not going to accept any negative reviews right now because there's some people saying some negative stuff just, you know, out of the blue. I don't think that's really a great solution on it. Um, I do like what Steam has tried to do, and I don't necessarily know that it's been successful. But the Steam curators sort of idea, where here are people that we kind of trust or that you can trust to write reviews, where we'll maybe put those a little bit more forward-facing on it. I like that idea a lot. And Amazon actually does something similar, I know, with, I uh, forget what they call the people, but, you know, the their little special reviewers where you uh, write enough reviews. Reviewer and, or whatever. Yeah, you write enough reviews and they trust you and, you know, these reviews get a little bit more facing you know forward facing on on the websites i think that sort of solution is the better one than these the brute force of okay nobody can write a negative review for the next 24 hours because uh uh-oh there's some review bombing going on yeah i totally agree i feel like something like a like a karma system or some sort of system where people can give you now the downside is if you have this giant mass of people that are you know going through this review bomb process and they all see that oh that's a review bomb. i'm gonna click upvote because he was pissed sure. at the fact that it's this not person downvoted and yeah right uh you know it's always hard but i do like the idea of having some sort of uh tailored like this person has submitted 14 reviews and they've all been met with relatively positive feedback sure then yeah i should trust that account versus this dude is a complete nutter d-bag who literally just thrives on seeing the world burn and just yeah. wants to post a review about x y and z um gives a negative it, review on every single thing out there yeah so and, and i agree with you actually on um uh, the idea of stopping reviews so um one thing that just came up out of the corner of my eye in twitch but it's something that made me think about it is uh don't you people have phones right <laughs> sure so BlizzCon released the Diablo Immortals last week or last year, uh, posted the trailer on YouTube, had like 10,000 downvotes, and they literally took it down and reposted it because sure. it had 10,000 downvotes. Now, I totally get that of those 10,000 downvotes, probably half of them were legit just people pissed about the fact that it was on mobile and review bombing the, the th- Totally get it. Sure. But the fact still remains... I, I I was in the same boat. Like, I wasn't trying to review bomb it. I just think it's freaking <laughs> ridiculous that you took that much time and effort to build a game on mobile when you could have been developing something different, right? So, sure. Yes, I didn't get a chance to play the game, so I can't... Well, actually, that's not true. I did get a chance to play the game, and it sucks. But I didn't get a chance to play the game before I downvoted the YouTube video. Um... But I wasn't downvoting it as a review. I wasn't saying, this game is terrible, F this game, blah, blah, blah. It was just, I'm not happy, so I'm going to sure. downvote this video, right? Um, so I don't, I don't like the ability to, or I should say I don't like the ability. Everybody's got the ability, whatever. But the the image it gives when you censor the feedback your, well, your people the, are trying to give you. I guess the problem is, idea. yeah, the problem is it's a bad look when you put something up on a platform that allows that sort of thing. Or you even outright solicit comments on it. And then when those comments turn negative, you take it away again, I think is right. the bigger issue. Uh, you know, on YouTube, you can disable comments. You can hide your likes and views and all those sorts of things. If they didn't want that to be out there, then, you know, turn all that stuff off. But if you put it out there for people to have voice their comments, then you deal with it. Um, the one thing I will say on it, and, I, and I'm going to call you out on this a little bit, on some level, downvoting the trailer to a game that you have no interest in is a little bit like going and posting a one-star review on a product on Amazon because the shipping was delayed. 
or because I... the product arrived and it was kind of stinky because it sat out in the rain that day or something you know like things that are right. nothing to do with the product whatsoever but instead it's you kind of voicing your displeasure about the entire situation on it yes that's why i called out the fact that i was somewhat douchebaggy there but it wasn't that i had no interest in it i actually had great interest in the next diablo launch if you remember going to blizzcon i was hyped because diablo had a prime spot in the opening ceremonies and i was like diablo 4 baby here we come it's coming it's gonna be diablo 4 and then it was a fucking mobile game (laughs) that is why they got a downvote so yes you're absolutely right and this game single-handedly turned you off of all mobile gaming uh, yes, actually, it probably got pretty... I was already pretty turned off on mobile gaming, but as soon as they started doing that, I'm like, F you and all your cell phones. So. All right, so where so where does this leave us then? If you are a video gamer and you want to find out if a game is worth your money, where should you go? Should you go to the professionals? Should you go to the gamers? And I guess how do you kind of... Uh, how do you ensure that this might actually be something that you're going to get that you actually enjoy and it's worth your hard-earned money? So, like, right now, I, I'm looking at places like IGN or uh, Game Informer or PC Gamer, things like that, where they're actually these guys are getting paid um, to, to write reviews, right? And it's not sure. a it's not a free solicited review of um, all this other crap. Um, you know, some people are, are getting their their decisions on what to play based on our podcast, um, which is kind of awesome. You know, I've heard a lot of people saying, oh, you guys talked up the witness. I picked it up or uh, I got satisfactory because of this podcast. Um, Good for you. uh, you did. So things like that. Uh, I think, you know, I actually am utilizing a lot of the podcasting community a little bit more uh, for my uh, my information uh, because they they're allowed to give their opinion, but they also have to back it up. You can't just go on a podcast and go, oh, fuck that game. Well, I mean, you could. You could, but nobody's going to listen to you, right? I mean, the podcast police are going to come after you eventually, but you could do it. Yeah. yeah, you could say it, but you got you to gotta back it up somehow, right? And most of these guys do. So it's at least nice to hear them go, oh, I hate that game. It's so stupid because X, Y, and Z. And I'll be like, oh, that doesn't even matter to me. So I guess I might still pick it up. You know what I sure, mean? Sure, sure. Um, so those are kind of my avenues I'm going. I really do wish um, that I could trust things like the Steam Store or Metacritic for that matter. Metacritic is another just toxic a-hole of user reviews that sure is terrible you know what i mean so like i wish there was a place out there where we could actually trust some of the reviews and i think eventually they'll get to that point but i think steam if anybody's gonna do it it's got to be someone like steam right because steam has like you called out the ability to validate that they own the game i think one step further on that would be to say okay not only do you own the game but i also show that you've played it for eight hours which Sure. You and I both know, based on your cat dating game, that can be cheated just by leaving it <laughs> all night. But 180 hours there. of cat dating, good for you. Yeah, I've mastered that game. So what I would say, I, I want to put my little spin on this. Um, I think that in a lot of ways I agree with you. Um, from what I've kind of discovered, if you don't have friends that can recommend games to you, um, which I think is the best way to do it, because then you can have that dialogue. Somebody says, oh, this game is really cool. You get to build a factory. It's great. And you can go back and forth and figure out, you know, what they liked about it, what they didn't like, in a way that you can't necessarily get from looking at a professional review, because obviously that is a written final piece of, of you know, writing that or video or whatever format it is. Uh, so I, I like the talking to your friends thing the best, if possible. 
If not, sure. what I do, what I would recommend doing is find reviewers, a reviewer, multiple reviewers, that seem to align with the style of games that you like to play and follow what they review and see what they like. You know, so if you're on IGN or you're checking out Giant Bomb or you're checking out, you know, Video Gamer Review co.uk.com <laughs> find people there that seem to like the style of games that you like right you know go back through some people's reviews or, or reviews of some of your favorite games and see who reviewed them and see what sort of scores they gave them and you know find that person that you like or that company that you really like and use that as your your friend circle of reviews on it um I think that is by far the best way because then you know what you're getting. You know that, you know, if somebody says, hey, this game is amazing and everything else that they've said is amazing, you've also enjoyed. Yeah, you're probably going to like it. If they say this thing sucked and you see a lot of other reviews that, you know, seem to be a little bit more hyped about it. Well, maybe you take what that reviewer that you really trust said, uh, you know, you hold off on it a little bit and wait for it to come out on a humble monthly bundle a year and a half later along with some cat dating sim and a bunch of other garbage. I like anyway, it. Yeah, that's what I would I, uh... say about it. And I, and I also struggle on the opposite side of that, too. Like, there's some reviewers that I actually really like, and then they've come out and said, oh, this game is great, and then I play it, and I'm like, nah. You know, like, and actually, I almost got sucked in with Anthem, right? Sure. And so that's kind of where the mob mentality of reviews also helps a little bit, right? Is I've had a, I had a couple really, you know, people that I follow that review games, and they were both in oh anthem's great loving it it's basically iron man oh it's the best game and then everybody else is like anthem's effing terrible well sure I'm and that's the, and that's the some of these you know controversies that you get into with paid reviewers and stuff like that or paid streamers where oh this game is fantastic as they sit in their fancy gaming chair sponsored by whatever company sitting they don't use a booster seat they use piles of $100 bills as they're sitting in their fancy gaming chair exactly right so I, you know, there's. I think there's benefit to the mob mentality as long as it can be, um, not controlled, but uh, sifted. If you if you can sift through all the trash, um, yeah, there's definitely benefits to it, right? And, sure. And sometimes, sure. unfortunately, I think that's just really hard to sift through. I mean, basically, what it is, you just have to be a smart consumer. You have to be a smart, informed consumer and realize when the reviews you're looking at are essentially paid for fake content and ones that actually are legitimate things yeah yeah for sure all right buddy so something that is sure to get a guaranteed five stars the gaming for hope tournament that sucker yes. is coming up soon here so i want to talk a little bit about this just for people that are still waiting uh what sort of deadlines do you have coming up on this when do we have to be registered for when when do i need to finally get my registration in for this thing you should be registered a week ago no um so registration i got registration going right up until that friday so you can register up until that friday now um for anybody who actually cares about me or my sanity registering or registering before that would be increasingly helpful um, because I got to figure out teams and all kinds of other stuff. So like, realistically, I'm not too worried about people like Brian, um, or some of the guys on my team. Cause I know where they all live and I'll just hunt them down if they don't pay me and show up. Um, but registration, uh, as early as possible is great. Uh, the event's going to be a blast. It sounds like we should have at least uh, a few, like I think four, maybe five overwatch teams, which is about what we had last year. But, okay. um, that's always fun. Just, overwatch is hard because there's like six people per because team. You have, so yeah. Five, five teams, people. exactly. Five teams is actually 30 people showing up for the tournament, which is a, a solid number for a game that's three years old now. And yeah. Right. 
Yep. So we got about, I think we'll have about five teams for the Overwatch. I'm going to have, I think, eight to 10 teams uh, in Fortnite. Um, Hearthstone's going to have probably about 10 to 15 competitors. Uh, and then Apex will probably turn into a Trinity Gamers versus Game Enthusiast kind of exhibition if we don't get many more people uh, to join up. Okay. So it'll be, uh, it'll be uh, the Trinity Gamers team being uh, myself, Greggy, and uh, Phil or Hamadin. Uh, and then, uh, obviously, the uh, game enthusiast group who helped support the tournament have been huge supporters all in general. So if anybody uh, you know follows game enthusiasts, check them out. They're a good group. Um, they got a few few guys they're going to play as well. So we might just do kind of like this fun little game enthusiast versus Trinity. Nice. Some hype behind it. But can I make a trophy of some sort? We might. I might have to do like a traveling trophy or something that you know if we the belt. keep them involved every year. The, the championship belt. belt? Oh, we should do a championship belt. Just hold it over the shoulder. It'd be yeah, awesome. I like this. So, uh, so yeah, it'll be a good time though. I'm excited. Uh, we got t-shirts this year. Um, we had them last year too, but I will actually have them for a little bit cheaper this year, which is nice. So okay. it should be a fun event. I'm pumped. I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little sad that one of my favorite teammates is going to be playing from DC, but I totally mm. understand seeing as he just got back from Belize and it sounds like work is a little busy right now. It's a rough one, but we're going to make it happen. Yeah, it should be fun. It, again, I got all kinds of people playing from everywhere. So, um, if we got actually, we got two guys, like two people on different teams, which is super weird. Um, but two people on different teams that are coming from Canada, one coming from Toronto and one coming from Edmonton. They're driving. Nice. And I was like, they're going to do it live. Yeah. So it's a, it's an international tournament now. What's up? It's only, only 35 people, but it's international, baby. Uh, so oh, that'd be I pretty guess. good. Uh, we got a guy coming from Tennessee that's driving up, um, that is so, awesome, buddy. It should be a good time. So I'm the, the takeaway it. from this is get everybody you know, get yourselves in there, get registered. Um, this is going to be an absolutely fantastic time, and it is for a really, really good cause. Yeah, Hope Kids is amazing. I love Hope Kids, man. They uh, Every single time I get together with any of their events and just see these kids, they're just you – know, for a kid that's been dealt such a crappy life, and it, it sounds terrible to say, but it's it's true. I mean, they shouldn't have to go through the crap they go through they're always super positive. So that's, I mean, that's, it was an easy choice for me to kind of run this tournament for those guys. So, um, yeah, definitely great cause. I'm all about it. So. All right, man. Well, if you want to reach out to us, uh, get in here every Wednesday for live streaming on Twitch. Uh, send us an email to Jason H at Trinity no, Jesus. It's uh, Gamers Gathering. No, I'm just kidding. It's ggpodcast at trinitygamers.com. Find us on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook. We are at facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash ggpodcast. And smash that like and subscribe button. Smash that like and subscribe button out on the iTunes store. We got us out on Spotify. We're on the Google Play store. Uh, pretty much anywhere you can get a podcast, you can probably find us. Um, and then uh, we also have our website, trinitygamers.com. If you are a fan of watching us live because we have goofy hijinks like earlier in the show, which I will edit out and post uh, where we couldn't figure out how to get Brian's voice to come through. That's all live. Uh, that's on uh, twitch.tv forward slash Ignatio, I-G-N-A-T-I-O-1-3. That's also where we will be hosting a lot of the Gaming for Hope stuff. So if you just want to stop in and check that out, we'll be out there as well. Um, and then all around, just good times. Come check us out, hang out live. We got lots of people in chat that talk. It's fun. Um, so it's a good time. Perfect. And although we just got done 
trashing user reviews, send us some reviews out there on whatever service you are downloading these podcasts on. It actually helps us out quite a bit. Yeah, don't don't review bomb us, man. There's no review bombs. Just just give us some like legit, good reviews or some legit legit reviews. Oh, and also uh, the podcast obviously is supported by Patreon. So if anybody's you know like I really like these guys, they're cool. I wish I could throw them a buck or two a month. Uh, head out to Patreon, patreon.com forward slash gg podcast. We got a couple different tiers there, which um, they say they give you a bunch of stuff, but really they probably don't give you a whole lot of anything except for supporting us. So. Um, Feel free to throw us a, throw us a dollar or two out there, or don't. You don't have to. I mean, the podcast will always be free. Yep. The podcast is absolutely always free. I already paid for the microphone and the the computers, so we don't have to do, have anything else really. So, all right, buddy, this was fun. Thank it you was for, a good thank time you for leading this thing tonight. Yeah, I tried. I uh, sorry everybody for me. You know, you know, providing all the content. Brian was like, "I'm busy. You're gonna have to take care of it." So if you were bored tonight. That's all Jason's fault. Brian had it had it under control until work came into play. So, All right, buddy. Have a good week. I will catch you next time. Catch you next time. GG, everybody. GG, well played, guys.